People of the Earth, what's up? It's Dave Sheridan, and you are listening to the Every Movie Ever podcast. Ben and Rob interview Dave Sheridan, star of Scary Movie, Ghost World, and the Christmas tapes available on Amazon Prime all over the planet. Spoilers ahead. Hey, we're in America. Where are we at? Australia? It's like Australia or something. England. England, man. We're, uh, yeah, we're uh, both British. Where from? Where Where at in UK? Uh, I'm mostly London, but I've, I've t- I had a bit of a midlife crisis. I'm living with family for a couple of weeks. Uh, Ben's up in the Midlands, sort of Birmingham way. Uh, near Birmingham. Nice. Well, I was in Manchester last year. Oh, no. oh was that for, for Love of Horror? That's right. Nice. And then I think we're going to... Uh, be there in May. Well, it's not official. It's called HorrorCon UK or UK HorrorCon. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that's all I know. That was actually just last night, like 2 a.m. Nice, man. Yeah. It was so late here, but it was like early morning there that, that we were conversing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I went to school in Brighton. That's where I, that's where I studied film and, and theater. Was oh, at wow. the, uh Brighton Polytechnic, yeah. yeah. That's fucking insane, We, did, we man. didn't find that in our digging, did we? I had no idea. Didn't do your research. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you say that. Which... We found newspaper <laughs> clippings from 1996. You know, like Wikipedia has like, you know, Wikipedia has pages for mm. everything. And I and one time I, I was, it was just yeah. a little while ago. I think it was when I was coming out for Love of War. I was like, oh, I should look that school up, see what's going on there. Mm, mm. And then it was like, you know, people that have gone to that school. You know, and I wasn't on it. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, I'm not going to say anything, but what? Um, it was funny. Have you guys ever been to Brighton? Uh, yeah, a couple, couple times. I love Brighton, man. So, I mean, I, would, I love Brighton. I went to college there, you know, in 87, 88 mm. for two years. And um, that was like the start of the rave parties. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you know, oh, I ended up right. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. Outside the, the rave, yeah. I mean, outside of the rave parties, Brighton's a party yeah. town. It yeah, might yeah, be. No, it always you know? has been, always will be. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I went to school there <laughs> thinking, like, I'm going to study Shakespeare. And, you know, learn. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I just I, <laughs> did a lot of yeah, yeah. learned how to roll a joint. <laughs> yeah, they just passed. Me. Yeah. And at the time, the trend with theater in in England was like the Sam West stuff mm. and just a lot of like true grit American theater. So all the plays and stuff I was doing, I got cast as like the Western American guy. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's oh. <laughs> this in Des Moines, Iowa, you know? So That's fucking amazing, man. That's what, uh, Brighton's great for that though, man. They just, you go into Brighton and you get given drugs for free on the way in. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the entry cost. Well, I, I didn't know that. Like if you go to the train station, sometimes like I was up in like, mm. Newcastle taking the train down. They're like, I got to go to the bathroom. You go on the train station in Brighton and it's like, that's a meetup place. You, I was just yeah. a young boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I thought the guy was handing me toilet paper, but it was a note going like, "Hey, you want to down? Uh, you know, nothing real, just wanking." I was like, "Just wanking?" But like, uh, I got to get out of here. Nothing real, just wanking. That's such a polite way of fucking approaching someone in a public restroom, man. I think that's the title of our interview when we publish this. A hundred percent. All my England buddies uh, at the time. We would go to pubs and bars and stuff. They were like, mm. um, 
they were like, we're, mm-hmm. even if it was sketchy, they'd be like, we're cool because everyone thinks you're Irish. <laughs> you know, like they, because you, your mannerisms are different. You talk different. Just say you're from Ireland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They won't fuck with us. They'll be worried you're going to beat them up. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, that's fucking I've incredible. Started this, I've started this rolling already, just because I'm I'm an ex music producer, sound engineer, and I get paranoid about not not getting something. Um, I'm with you. I did a couple podcasts where we were shooting the shit for 30 minutes, and I was like <gasps> saying all sorts of great stuff. And they go, "We should start Stop. recording." I go, "We're well, not recording." What mm. the you know, like? I had a oh I had a God. bad experience with a with an artist who was who was like a legend, and the producer was like, "No, no, let him warm up, and then and then we'll start." And I'm like, "No, no, dude, just get it." And after like forty minutes, this guy's guitar solo ended, and he's like, "Did you get it?" And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the mood in the room. <laughs> I mean, you know, especially in the, age, in the age of digital, right? Where whether it's recording music, mm-hmm. video, you know, films just roll yeah, yeah and never i mean like when we're shooting this film like mm. for instance the christmas tapes or anytime especially mm-hmm. when you're improvising yep. but even on regular films with uh you know like lines mm-hmm. and stuff and i improvise in that stuff as well but i i'm i, I never understand i know you you know, don't want to fill the card up so much but well, at the same time yeah. you know like with music recording where it used to be tape mm-hmm. then you have to be a little sparingly with it and the same thing with when i started out in the 90s shooting films it was you had 11 minutes on 35 millimeter film and so you didn't want to just waste Mm. it all so uh, but now it's just roll 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 yeah 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 build the hard drives up unless like paranormal parry says discs are expensive which you know he's got a point (laughs) (laughs) um so well he's on a budget exactly he he doesn't want to ruin (laughs) you know he doesn't want to upset mitch because mitch is it's mitch's gear we uh so so we we, we watched the film and i gotta admit i was a bit worried about how much uh ben my co-host sort of found paranormal perry like his bluntness appealing so do you do you also have asperger's or is that just ben that sort of bluntness where does that come from <laughs> oh that's very interesting i do i do have asperger's actually uh that's oh, i knew it. no it's way. fantastic you know what's interesting about that was i'm 53 so i was never mm. diagnosed mm-hmm. i i was diagnosed as a dunce in in grade of school because it was pre was just, yeah yeah, I, yeah. I was a dunce and i was i i have like a fifth grade reading level which has a lot to do with my improvisation on all my movies because oh. what this one was going yeah. to be improv anyway what we shot mm. we improvise but even on the yeah, movies yeah. i do if you name a movie devil's rejects mm-hmm. ghost world scary movie mm-hmm. uh because I already came up through Second City and the er, my early reality TV mm-hmm. stuff was all man on the street. And so I was yeah, already yeah, hired yeah. to be always hired on jobs going, Dave's funny. He's going to bring a lot to the character. And so with the directors, I always go, hey, look, I'm not really good at memorizing mm-hmm. lines. I'm going to make it. I always say I'm going to make it my own, which is basically me getting away from going, I can't memorize lines. And the only place that it hurts in this industry is scripted TV. Mm-hmm. Um scripted v right you, li- you literally have to say exactly yeah, yeah. on your mark at the you time know, on your yeah, mark yeah, exactly yeah. there's not even blocking they're like stand there <laughs> and talk as fast as you can you know like, yeah, and these legal like, have cleared you saying this exact line <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they also don't unless you're doing a reality show they just don't have mm. the resources or the time uh 
and they don't want to spend the time with some creative editor going, oh, I found this. He said this. They just want to yeah, say, yeah. hey, you shoot this, shoot this, shoot this. Yeah. And that show is, we shoot it, that show in a week and it's it's off to network in a week, you know, and it's, the, it's been That's a turnaround right, right, right. That is a big turnaround time. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned Second City and NS, uh, SNL. What was, what was that like? That must have been, because there were some heavy hitters when you yeah, were there. You were at SNL when like the titans of comedy were there, man, like fucking Dana Carvey, Chris Farley. That must have been mind melting. Yeah, there were some great ones there already, but some of the ones were also like, you didn't, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Like Adam S- Sandler and Chris Harley and David Spade and those guys were literally second year freshmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's kind of who I hung out with were the younger guys, Chris Rock. Uh, but you obviously had like Phil Hartman and like you're saying, Dana Carvey and Michael Lott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there, my first year there was the year that um, Wayne's World broke big. Whoa. And it, and it really yeah. changed the trajectory nice. of, it kind of probably hurt and helped SNL because- then Born Michaels was like every key sketch or key character, you know, let's keep repeating it and we're going to turn it into a movie. Ooh. Like we're going to mine movie mm. characters out of these things, which is, you know, yeah, you shouldn't yeah. have an agenda versus just like, hey, this is supposed to be topical in the moment. What's funny this week? Yeah. You know, like let let the creative, yeah. you know, it started locking people into like, I've got these core characters and we're going to write you know, mini sitcom shows. Mm-hmm. It's a repeating thing. SNL's always long had the repeating go-to characters um, because, you know, you get hired. It, one of the auditions, which I, I never auditioned for SNL. I was I was not a performer mm. on SNL. Yeah, I was yeah. a writer's assistant and a writer for Weekend Update. Um, no way, man. I'm one of the few people. I don't think there really is anyone else that followed my trajectory, which was I got hired through the entry level at Saturday Night Live and from there, I went to Second City. Yeah. Most people go to Second City yeah, and yeah, hang yeah, out yeah. there. And then into get their chops. Mm. I didn't do that. I did the opposite. I like worked on the show, yeah. being the behind the scenes. And I could have stayed there. Unless, of course, like you, you wanted to start an entire genre of comedy that didn't exist beforehand. Exactly. <laughs> I also just wanted to be an actor. You know, I mean, yeah. I wanted to be a performer so you wanted to be the performer rather than the writer right and so when i was there I, uh yeah. adam sandler was super generous and he, i i talked to all those guys and they were like so what do you want to do oh yeah we're gonna be a performer and like they you know the stand-up comedians which were adam sandler david spade chris rock they mm-hmm. only they saw that route going well okay well i'm playing at the new york comedy club and i'm doing this at the boston comedy club well why don't you come and you can do five minutes before me so they would put me give me opportunities to be on stage and then they would sort of critique me the fuck, uh, man? later on that week in the office and um i really was not i i was too young and didn't know what my viewpoint was for stand yeah you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah, you didn't yeah. have the voice that you wanted to present from yeah yeah younger people look like yeah. dave Chappelle was at the exact same time was blowing up i remember and i was 18 and he was 18 and um we were getting critiqued, you know, they were talking about this and, and Chris Barley said like in the room, he was like, well, what, what do you do? What is your stand up? And I, I don't really have stand up. I, I just do characters mm. and I do like commercial parodies and show parodies and this. And that's when he spoke up and he said, sounds like you would do better and belong at second city. And I knew SCTV. Mm. I like, I loved SCTV, but I never, yeah, yeah. and that was John Candy and Eugene Levy and, and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I never knew what second city was i didn't know there was an actual yeah. theater i didn't even know that th- how much improv was an art form mm. 
and that there was developed had its own scene with its own titans that were all there yeah I had no idea of the history mm. of second city until i even got there and chris he said do you want to go there and i was like sure and he made a phone call like and that's the same way i got hired at signing it live which we could talk about in a minute but uh, uh chris you know made a phone call to a woman named joyce sloan who was the head of second city since 1950 she was there it was founded and um he said, I got this guy, Dave Sheridan. He's really funny. Can he come out? And she goes, he's hired. Come on out. And uh, I was like, I'm packing my bag. <laughs> so I waited. That season ended like, you know, the uh, SNL usually ends around like May, mid-May and there's a big end of the year party. Yeah. And so I said, okay, when, when that's over, mm. I just want to, I want to take a little time to just enjoy a summer. So I'll come out in September. Okay. Uh, you know, and so between May and September from being at SNL and being hired at Second yeah. City and then showing up in September, Joy Sloan had a heart attack in June, right? Oh, shit. <laughs> and it's not, but she lived. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. But, but they good. sort of- That's good. They forced retired. Yeah, of course. They forced retired right. and became like uh, producer emeritus or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. they're a name. We like you, like, hang around, but we're going to make our own decisions now. And, yeah. and who's this guy? The first thing you do is you- clean house of you know you get rid of some people and you say any of the decisions from the prior yeah. person yeah it went from like i was i basically was joyce sloan's last hire and at the time this was like 1991 mm -hmm. uh 92 you know grunge was really big yeah. Yeah, so yeah, i was yeah. like the messy hair dirty jeans <laughs> and you know i had long hair actually <laughs> and I, don't, I you know i looked like i was in Soundgarden or whatever and uh yeah 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 Everyone else they were hiring after that looked like they were in a Gap ad. They worked at Blockbuster Video. They were, they were short-haired, yeah. tucked in, blue shirt with the captains. I was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm. Which one doesn't belong?" And I was like, "Oh man!" Because I was Joyce's hire, mm. Kelly Leonard. Again, this is this is the way it works. Yeah. I've had this happen at network my shows mm. and stuff like that. When someone takes over, if you're not their hire. Then they can't. There's nothing to gain from yeah, it. Right. I got sort of shafted as Joyce's boy, and um, but she was still there. And the other part of it, though, just to let you know, mm -hmm. was because I was coming from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> now I'm not saying it wasn't jealousy. Mm. It was. It was really on me. I I have some confidence, and I think they took yeah. like my ego as a pompous a-hole yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> rather than confidence and happy it was like who's yeah. this guy coming in from snl thinks he's the shit yeah, yeah. and he's the old boss's guy like yeah, yeah when you yeah. work at saturday night live that you get your saturday night live you know fast jacket yeah, and yeah, like that yeah. and gonna fucking wear to work like yeah the guy that we're all sitting here wanting to get there and this guy's coming here you know what I mean? and all he and chris barley made a phone call where we had like audition and do other theater somewhere in chicago and get discovered yeah. and it's an interesting one because i was i was going to ask you for those of you for those listeners who may not know you know you're a man who was forever been ahead of your time you had buzzkill that was arguably the, the the sort of prototype for shows like Jackass, DKY, uh, that then sort of spawns punked, which then spawned huge franchises. Yep. Then you had your band Van Stone that predates Steel Panther, Steel mm -hmm. dates uh, predates Tenacious D. You hated Weinstein mm -hmm. before anybody. At this at this point, 
Would it be worth just having an idea and hanging on to it for a year or two? <laughs> it, it is interesting because, uh, uh, yeah, there is something that I, there's a bigger project with the Van Stone thing because that really stemmed out of the buzzkill and stemmed out of where all that went mm. to the Borat, to the Ali G. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, I want to go and do something that I'm going to immerse into a character for 10 years and go out live. And mm-hmm. we, the, that whole Van Stone project mm-hmm. was we were videotaping and covering a larger story arc that I was that I have that we played out on stage. Mm. So you never saw it at, at each show. You never saw like what the whole thing was. Incredible. But it is pieced together, all the characters in the story. And you mentioned the Steel Panther thing. Um I wouldn't say we predated them. We actually um played with them when they were called um Metal Shop. What? They start as Metal Shop. <laughs> then they became Metal School. Then they became Steel Panther. <laughs> But when they were Metal Shop, our song, we had all originals. We our original music. Yeah. And I, we didn't do any covers. Yeah, they were actually got very popular because they did all covers of like you know, uh, mm. you, know you know, pour some sugar yeah, on yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was like a mm-hmm. there was like a lower price of admission for attention. Like you knew the song already, so you were just seeing a different presentation of it rather than having yeah. to get the presentation they, and the yeah. content. Between those songs, they had their characters and they would do the hairspray and they would do the comedy bits, mm-hmm. but they were just doing covers. And uh, and it was us. Yeah, yeah. So when you, it did, we the thing they did kind of I want to say they caught it from us, but what we inspired them to do was like, hey, we should start doing originals. We said, okay, we got this song yeah, called yeah, Stripper yeah. Girl. We got this song, you know, and they slowly did nice similar stuff. Like I think they had we had a song way way before called Two of the Pink, One of the Stink, and I think eventually they had a song called The Shocker. You know, yeah, yeah, they do. I have to admit, Ben, you are an unashamed Van Stone fan. You, the, the, the Van I've Stone. I've been sending Rob tracks like throughout the week, just sort of peppering them into little conversations here and there. There's one, uh, is it my testicles or our testicles? And the end, like fucking 30 seconds of that track is just the, the wanking soundtrack. It is the most <laughs> uncomfortable I could make people in a room. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Are Van Stone still the loudest band in the world? It's what? Uh, is Van Stone still the loudest band in the world? I think we currently are. At, and But we are ranked. Awesome. <laughs> at one point, we did go to a number two ranking just during COVID. Uh, because yeah. of, right. <laughs> we couldn't get out. But... <laughs> For for number two, I'm saying in Palmdale. We were because that was one of the jokes. We were always the number three band in Palmdale. And, Palmdale All right. just all, and our our arch nemesis Scourge, you know, fuck them, you know. And then there was like a Calypso cover band called Windjammer that was number two. Like that's how pathetic we couldn't get past this guy in a keyboard and a cat, you know, in a bar. Uh, oh, I fucking but, love it, man. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Like getting ready for this, you basically dived in and found. Oh, we, some stuff. we, yeah. So I, I was going to ask. Uh, we look, we're a big fan of both your past work, your current work. I th- we think Paranormal Perry is ah, Chef's Kiss, beautiful. More Paranormal Perry. We've got plans for Paranormal Perry. Oh, we've, we've, we've been warned yeah. we're not allowed to ask about the big plans, so yeah. we're being respectful and, and not asking about the big plans, for Paranormal Perry. All we can say is we're very excited for more of him. But yeah, we did a we did yeah. a sort of commensurate mm-hmm. to our respect for your work. We did a we did a a bit of a deep dive. So so one of my questions on the deep dive is, what are the seven levels of love? Wow, man! Wow, <laughs> you guys really so that was, um, yeah. One second, yeah, okay, hold on, okay. I didn't know it about Brandon Overfleet. <laughs> Dave ran off camera for a moment or two to get something to show us. 
crap. No, <laughs> you hit my dogs. Um, yeah. Well, hold on a second. You said, what are the uh, seven levels of mm-hmm. love? Alexa, what are the seven levels of love? According to an Alexa Ansys contributor, the five sages of love. Fuck yeah. Beaches. Fuck her. What is she? The fuck does Alexa know anyway, huh? Isn't it funny how like you got these Alexas mm-hmm. and Google voices, whatever, and mm-hmm. the, the nav systems and every anything that's like an automated thing. Yeah, yeah. It's always a preset to be a woman's yeah, voice. It's a bit and creepy, I, isn't I don't it? Know what that is? Well, I don't know if it's like it's a train thing because. Uh, it becomes your mother, but it's a motherly thing to it, or is it a misogynistic thing where, where, um, where we where our first are going to be trained to accept robots and stuff <laughs> at a substantive level, mm. and so therefore it's female. I, th- I think taking one I look think, at Jeff, I think it's the second one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think either's sinister though, man. Like, yeah. Although I did get a taxi recently where I sat in the back of the taxi and the guy's sat-nav was Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator. You don't want to make a wrong turn with yeah. the Terminator, man. You don't want that guy telling you to make a U-turn. It is shit scary. I do like that you can change voices, but I do think like mm. when I got my nav talking and mm. then Siri talking to me and I'm like, I'm like, I get in a car and there's four women that know better than me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I said turn, near <laughs> left. Yeah. But you asked about seven levels of love, which is, so while I was at the second city, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll tell you who was there when I was there, um, you know, the the sort of like heavy hitters mm. while I was at SNL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I went to Second City, the interesting thing was the big prime of Second City was the 70s where it was like Bill Murray and, yeah, and yeah. Dan. And, um, you know, like John yeah. Belushi and John Candy. Titans. And so, like, that was kind of, like, one of the big ones. And it, it was a while. There was always one person, two people coming up, like, in the 80s. Okay, that guy went on to something. But it was never sort of like, whoa, all these people. Are... When I went there, and, of course, you know, I had no idea, like, wow, everyone that's with me right now are going to be giant names. But I was there with, like, Steve Carell, Steve Colbert, Amy Sedaris. uh <laughs> You know, Tina Fey, Horatio Sands, David Kettner. It was just like, it was an incredible, but we didn't know that. None of us knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was interesting that another, there was a renaissance Mm. period. Mm, Right. And I'm best to have seen that because I'm I'm not, the one thing I learned Mm -hmm. was talented people are talented. And, um, And you, Steve Carell, as soon as I got there, I knew that guy. And he was there a long time. He was like at Second City for six years. He was a little, I, I was like 23 and he was already like 33 Whoa. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so he was getting yeah. worried. He was sweating. He was like, yeah, he's like, fuck, <laughs> I need to get gone. <laughs> but what I saw with him was not only was he funny, but he would do stuff on stage and turn it on a dime and be dark and dramatic. Mm. And, you know, you could be almost pulled to tears. And then he would shifted into another funny character and <laughs> yeah, yeah. very talented right away i go that guy so one there was another guy there named joe liss and you can go look his stuff up and he's probably a, like who who's joe liss mm. when i was there i loved joe liss and i was like this he's the guy that i wanted to be like okay that's that 
fits me. He's doing what I kind of do. So I followed suit when this is where Seven Levels of Love came in. Is like we did ensemble shows, um, and I was a part of some of that, like this one show called Pinata, uh, Pinata Full of Bees. Uh, with Adam McKay and and um, Mauricio Stevens and stuff like that. Fucking hell. Fuck me. They also allowed people to do one man shows. Right. One man shows. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so Joe this did a one man show before me where he incorporated video on this. He was the, he actually had them put in TV models. Oh, and um, okay. And I was coming from a filmmaker's perspective i was already making films and shorts and yeah. stuff like that even with all those people with amy sedaris and mitch rouse and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. i made films with them and um and, and in fact my first job i mean literally was there like two months and i co-directed uh a if you go all the way down to the bottom line db you'll see a and e's second city's 149th yep anniversary yeah, we that one. yeah Mm-hmm. I directed like a lot of segue pieces and the behind the scenes stuff uh... and shot it and literally just got there and they had, you know, they, the Andrew Alexander's like, I heard you're a filmmaker. Let me see yours. Oh, I like your stuff. Why don't you go and do this? Mm-hmm. And they gave me free reign to just make these little bumpers and going out to commercial stuff. And, um, that's cool as fuck. So, so when I saw Joe list put up the video stuff and his, his show was done differently than mine, he just incorporated, he just did he made some videos yeah, yeah. during breaks. And it, the one thing was the reason he did that was so that he could go have time to go backstage and change into another right, character. Right, okay. Right, okay. So I I said, I want to do a one-man show too. And I went and presented Andrew Alexander with like, this is what I want to shoot, mm-hmm. you know, present and go shoot and do. And he was like, okay, you go make the show, put it up, and then um, we'll give you a run. And uh, the only thing I did different on Seven Levels of Love, and it was basically seven, I did seven characters gotcha. and seven storylines. Right. But I, what I did was I, that's, that was the first time I was going out mm. and doing that more out. I would take unexposed cameras, w- which we call them, and sometimes hidden cameras, yeah. but really was unexposed cameras, which was just cameras that weren't in your yeah. face. It was mm. just verite stuff. My buddy from Buzzkill, Travis and Frank, they yeah. shot me. Playing my characters out in public as I I had storylines that I was running mm-hmm. like okay. who and then each one of those would end with you know the 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 scene fading to black and then the final sort of setting and scene played out on stage right. as the character. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, that's oh, incredible! Okay. So the audience would watch about five minutes of a setup of me interacting in reality with yeah. this character with other non-actors it was just people that i was engaging with immersed in that verite of the character we called a guerrilla yeah. theater is at the time yeah, yeah, yeah. theater and then i come out as the character and so that became seven levels of love and it, i remember one of the the big review from the big theater rag which was called the chicago reader uh the guy was like it wasn't until like three quarters away that i realized that all the people coming out on stage <laughs> with the scene oh what? that's <laughs> so, the review you want that's what you need right that's the yeah. that's the big tick in the yeah. dave sheridan fucking aim right is disappearing into that the characters character. were so embedded in reality that even the critics didn't realize that they were watching like the shows unfold that's fucking awesome yeah 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 and and, and um Hey, is this actually video or are we doing audio? Audio, but the video is just uh, so we can see audio, each other. Yeah. And, and so it's all yeah, recorded yeah. uninterrupted and then it will be uploaded at the end. So so you, they, your audience won't see this, but like, because when you brought up Seven Levels of Love and what came out of mm-hmm. that okay. was, remember, 
that I did the videos. Yeah. So I didn't have enough for a full feature of those kind of videos, but I also incorporated my stuff I did prior in college. Mm. And then um, I went out and shot a few more things and I packaged the whole thing up in 1992 as, um, or 1993 as a, v as a VHS mm. tape. And that was that. Whoa. This. No way. Dave showed a cool as fuck VHS compilation. Remember he ran off earlier? This is what he went to get. And I still have like 50 of these. They're like shrink wrapped and everything. Oh my God. And yeah, basically. And, it, and if you know anything about like my film characters, like uh, in Ghost World, you can see like here, it's like, <laughs> there's Doug. <laughs> oh no Ghost shit, World. man. Uh, <laughs> and it's really got great packaging. You can see the packaging right Ooh, there. It's oh, really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doke, that's Ooh, a joke. How, get it? How do we get one of those? <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to wait until i launch an indiegogo for my next movie i will be okay uh i'm gonna go into my closet as part of the thing uh because i've got chair bags i've got scripts i've got props the only thing i'm not gonna give away yeah. are my scary movie ghost masks that i kept that's i'm yeah, never yeah, people are money all the time i go i'm gonna keep those yeah mm. but all the other stuff i kept all the props and uh hats mm. and you know whatever like even ghost world like the glasses i'm gonna offer this stuff up on an indiegogo campaign uh to raise money for my next my film my film because mm. i haven't it's been a while and um mm -hmm. it finally i had an epiphany the other day of like okay this this is the one that i can go make and if i get some seed money and with my connections to my friends you know whether it's jeff garland bob odenkirk you know dave keckner so like pulling in yeah. the friends that I've never pulled in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those hey, back pocket, those you know, back pocket favors. You're like, one day, one day I'll cash <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is going to be a sketch movie in the realm of like an Amazon Women on the Moon or a Kentucky Fried movie or Boot Tube, like those. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. And that's all. I'm gonna... The only other thing I'll say about it is it's going to be so raunchy, so crass, so... But Fucking awesome, there's man. no point doing something that could be somewhere yeah, else yeah, the whole yeah. point of yeah, doing yeah, something yeah. hey this is what they're not gonna let you yeah, say yeah yeah, you yeah, yeah yeah definitely so i, I was gonna wow. ask about what, what you had up next day you did a you did an ama for the walking deceased on reddit a couple of years back and you said that you'd love to do drama but oh yeah that was a while ago you yeah. said you'd love to do drama but you you need to look less like bruce jenner now obviously since then Lots of things have changed. So, um, any closer to drama? No, I, I didn't have to change. Exactly. Yeah. Other... Yeah. So the road's open, right? It worked out. <laughs> I watched The Walk in Deceased last night, and you were balls out within the first six minutes of that film. If you'd have given me a True. thousand guesses of what you were doing within the first five minutes, shooting a toddler is... and going yeah. whole asshole and ball bag out, I would never have guessed it. Yeah, was it that was your call? Hilarious, That's man. funny. Yeah. yeah, was that on you? Or was that in the script? Like, did someone write no, that? No, no, that you? was me. <laughs> that was me. That came out of a a funny thing that happened to me when I was like eighteen years old. I was in a um, I got jumped by a funny people. thing. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say fun. hilarious story. And I did end up right. with a concussion. I woke up in the hospital, oh. like after being knocked out for twelve hours. 
And oh. I was like, where the hell am I? I started trying to leave, right? And right. I'm in the hospital. And I'm walking down the hall and they're like, you can't go anywhere. And, and I go, get out of here. And they go, you don't even have pants on. Your ass is showing right now. And it was like, and I go, what? And so when we shot that scene, I go, hey, I got an idea, you know, because I got to put like, it'd be funny if I'm bending over, putting my boots on. But, you know, the whole being naked underneath the gown came from that, a true. I was like, what the hell just happened to me, you know? Does that happen with a lot of characters? It happened with uh, Paranormal Perry. I can give you some instances that... Yeah, please. I, it was a blank slate. Rob really had not... Nice, great guy, I mean, and I'm glad he gave yeah. me space. But it was just like, two things happened with that film. One was... Um, okay. uh, we're talking about the Christmas tapes now, which we should be yeah, talking yeah. about. It, 100%. It, um, <laughs> originally when he approached me it was for myself and my producing partner felissa rose to do the this film together where we were hired as paranormal investigators kind of like oh that would have been sick or something like that and we were going to be yeah, yeah. husband and wife bickering and it was still right. supposed to be at christmas time but we were just going to be this oil and water you know hey they should be divorced but well, why are they in business together still and that yeah, kind of stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. well she was in a family emergency the night before it turned out she had to pull the plug and i called rob i go we can't she's not able to make it and he goes dude what are we gonna do i've already rented the house yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. the crew i said i'll come up then i'll come up and we'll figure it out we'll just change what the what our my character is and what what's the story and yeah, um yeah. Leaving at 10 p.m. put me arriving at like 3.30 a.m. Oh. to the hotel that Rob booked in Sacramento. Uh, okay. But I didn't call him and say, hey, I'm going to show up late. Uh, right. Can you, can <laughs> so-? so when I pulled in after hours of seven hours of driving, my, leg was, yeah. my legs were like for bands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there was a certain point where you cut off the red bull while you're driving because you're going, well, I'm going to mm. arrive. I'm going to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to just drink a Red Bull 30 minutes before we're showing up. <laughs> yeah, it turns yeah. out it was like a holiday press, and it was one of these hotels that, like, there's no one at the desk mm. after 11.30 p.m. Oh, or midnight. Ben's had this experience in Italy. He arrived, and they were like, bye, see you in a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only way you could get into this hotel was if you were a key to scan the door and open it up. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what? And I'm banging. I'm like, oh, my God. And and I was like, I was so miserable. I looked, and my call time with, with Rob were, for the Christmas tapes was at 8 a.m. And I was like, man, it's already 3.30. Uh, I probably have to, you know, get going at seven and get some breakfast yeah, yeah. and get over there. I'm like, I'm looking at like four hours of sleep. I might as well just go crash in my car. Oh, you know? and- <laughs> <laughs> so you went method for Paramount Perry. That whole thing of, you know, he might live in his car and stuff just came out of like yeah, the reality yeah. of like that's where. <laughs> oh, kind of, it's you know. so good. It's so I fucking good. Love it, man. Dude, I had that exact same experience yeah. in Italy. I literally landed, was in the middle of the countryside, showed up to the hotel, was phoning for about an hour, and the dude answered and just went, fuck off, it's too late, and hung up. And then that was it. I was just stranded in the fucking Italian countryside, literally sitting around being like, I think I had 4% battery. Um, Phoned Rob and was like, mate, I actually might die in the Italian countryside here, buddy. I feel you. I, I mean, I didn't, ex- it is one thing I did not expect. I was like, oh, mm. but I, but when, I wasn't that pissed because I was like, yeah, I mean, I am showing up at 3 a.m. It's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's understandable, man. It's hey, understandable. I'm already here at 3 a.m. It's all like, <laughs> figured it out there's a uh, there's a moment with paranormal perry where he's uh, he's holding the 
the statue that has a spirit attached to it. And he's telling the story about when he was a kid and, you know, like he grew up a little poor and when he grew up and got married and had his kids and then he uh, he thought he could make a clearing but got clipped by a train. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's a really like, it's a really harrowing moment. But the image of Paranormal Perry trying to beat a train <laughs> is just the funniest thing in a really emotional moment. And it's just... It's such a beautiful bit of comic relief at the end of that movie. It's fucking amazing, man. Was that you or was that like written in or? Nothing was written. It was all me. And, and oh. we were sort of discovered. Like, ultimately, when it wasn't a husband and wife and it was just me, mm. yeah, we yeah. Auto- I automatically into, well, who is this guy? You know what I mean? Like yeah, who's yeah, showing yeah. up at Christmas? Because <laughs> oh, when it was a husband and wife at Christmas yeah. time. Parent, you know, being parallels. Well, it's like okay, they're with each other. But I, yeah, yeah, I originally yeah. said like, okay, this guy is the mm. loner. Does he really? And even part of me, not knowing any of that ghost hunter lingo, that ghost, yeah, yeah, that paranormal lingo, because I don't watch <laughs> those shows. I'm clearly gonna come off like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So yeah, it's like, yeah, what's he yeah. doing there? Why? Yeah, 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 yeah. So all the, the main thing about. Me being alone at Christmas time was right at the door, mm-hmm. you know, and then everything from, you know, overly hugging and, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, up in a storage unit. I was just like, let's keep taking this guy towards that yeah. John Candy <laughs> plane trains and automobile. What about what's what's like, fantastic yeah. about the character and that that whole part of the Christmas tapes that that's yours is that for the longest time in a lot of the other segments, I knew where the threat was, you know. Mm. With with the Paranormal Perry segment, I didn't know if you were the threat or the spirit yeah. was the threat. And there was this wonderful sort of second guessing of like, is he the savior or is he the threat? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would say, you know, you guys say, look, you're so great in it, you're so great in it. But I, I'm going to give, you know, give praise to the other actors mm. because in improv, 100%. it's all about mm. playing on. And they had that right mm. temperature of awkwardness and grit. To make yeah. my, you know, it's the you have oil and water. You, you everyone can't be broad, so it's like okay, yeah, I have yeah. more room to be a little bit. I'm the weird one. I'm the I'm yeah. character they yeah. brought into the house. So the spirit they didn't let into the house, but like, why the fuck did we let this guy in? Like you're saying, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, he's more scarier. He's he's you know weird. Let's because even then you know they they make that phone call like yeah you don't have to come back please. So, you know, and he I'm, still I'm, turns yeah, up yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. with the cookie in so his top the, pocket. The fucking cookie man. <laughs> that shit broke me. Like first time watching it, we had to pause it because the cookie in the pocket was too much. It was it was you doing it, but then it was Devon's reaction to it. It was the deadpan <laughs> sort of almost like what the fuck did he we just let in our house kind of expression so wait if you if if the whole character is you did you decide the cat fight at the storage unit and stuff like you come back with the scratches all yep. of this was you you were like yeah i'm gonna fight a cat in the storage unit and then just barging through the back yeah door. exactly yeah yeah because i thought like okay they said like the idea was okay we know we're going to storage unit, so get roughed up you know, with the dirt, mm-hmm. and I go, oh, we should do a thing where, like, there's a cat for no reason, you know, like, yeah, like, you can just imagine what the, it was, yeah. was, like, crawling for an air duct to get, break into the storage unit, so I, I just thought that little something little like that uh. funny. And um, and the other thing is, like, the I call them, like, happy accidents that you discover through the improv, it's that Bob Ross mm. improv painting. Mm. When I stepped on the ornaments, you know what I mean? Which I just yeah, purposely yeah, yeah. did. I go, oh, I'm just gonna. And she said, oh, that, oh, it's okay. This was my grandmother's and stuff. 
Then yeah. during like a break, and I think it was when I was getting made up, I was like, you know, I was like, oh, I should, you know, try to fix the ornament. You know what I mean? And so, and then the happy, even the happier accent came out of it, which was, I'm asking around. It's a, it's a skeleton crew. And I'm like, does any, do we have any super glue? I mean, I was literally in this person's house that we were renting. I'm in their garage for glue and stuff. Going like, and they're like, what are you doing? I go, I want to fix this ornament. And they're like, oh, that's good. But Oh, we, we, we got a little bit of time. Like, we got to get going. I go, no, no, no. And the makeup artist had like spirit gum and I'm trying to, and it wasn't working. So gooey still. Oh my God. Let's just use um, scotch tape, you know? And and originally my, it was like, I'm actually, if I had super glue, I probably would have glued something that was somewhat, mm. oh, that, that I tried, you know? Mm. But because it was all mush yeah. and liquidy glue, and I was like, shit. Gonna tape it up and <laughs> keep me going. Like, yeah, I did my best. I had no idea what it looked like before, and I took artistic liberty. I handed it like, oh, it's, it's I'm like, it's beautiful. Yeah. So I didn't know anything about Santa ornament, right? I knew that it was like right. a big piece of the movie, right? Um, mm-hmm. But then when they when we watched the video and there was this music, and I go, where's that music coming from? Where, I just thought they just put that in the video because they pre they already had that video recorded. Yeah, I didn't know it was actually mm. in music. It was done being wound, you wind it right, and yeah. it was already ninety percent finished. <laughs> it wasn't doing it anymore because of the gravity holding it. So when I picked it up, I didn't know I was going to go into this story. You know, right? Uh, when I picked it up, the bass that started yeah. just finishing off a little bit. It was like ping pong, ping pong. And I and I didn't uh, break. I actually got a little shocked, but I didn't break. And yeah, I was yeah. like, I realized, oh crap! So, so then, with the bottom of my hand, I just started slowly turning it as I held in the story, just to keep the creepy, like, thing, bang, 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 about yeah. killing the family and stuff. So, so good. It was fucking. Fantastic. Yeah, it's, I just feel like it was. I call it happy accidents, but you just got mm-hmm. things get discovered. Yeah. And the best thing mm. about Rob and Randy and everybody was like, let's do it. That's great. Let's do it. Let's, you know, and yeah. because, you know, and also you might say, wow, Dave, you're really funny. And of all, you, you could imagine I gave them three times that. And so there's a lot of duds probably too that yeah. it was, they did some great yeah. editing. And uh, I'm really, I was actually shocked. I, I, I watched it like you guys and I was like, this is good, man. This is actually yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 We, uh, when we spoke to them, it was it was really apparent the the respect and love they had for every actor on 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 that shoot. Yeah, and you know, you know, I think especially with people who are who are making movies at this scale, it's you can get quite caught up in the sort of auteur. No, it's my yeah. vision. It's this. It, you know, and their collaborative spirit really shone through. It's nice to hear that it was like that on set as well. Because it, it shows has in the film. Like that. It, you know, that, like you were saying with the walking to see, like they that was super shoestring budget and I and because it was no mm. budget, they couldn't do a lot of physical gags. So everything was left with me being like, Okay, how can I be funny with dialogue? You know what I mean? And very the the directors yeah, yeah. on that were like, just go for it. Go for it. You know, that's why we brought you in. So, you know. So. That's awesome, man. That is fucking awesome. Dave, thank you so much yep. for joining us, man. It has been an absolute pleasure. Can I say one thing? Please. Any fans out there, there is, I do have an Indiegogo that I'm helping out with that I'm acting in. And it's funny that we, this is the Christmas tapes. I'm about to shoot a New Year's Eve horror movie. And uh, it's pretty funding on Indiegogo right now. It's So if you go to Indiegogo New Fears Eve, 
there's ways that you can mm-hmm. purchase items from the movie or be involved in the movie in any way. And also, um, the best thing I think that they offer and and on all these Indiegogos is like a first edition, limited edition Blu-ray that the Ooh. filmmakers do put out when they're Ooh. delivering. And it really happens outside of the distributing. So these Blu-rays are usually like not the same ones that get released. Okay. Uh, they're, they've got different artwork. They're signed by the cast and the, their edits are different. There's probably deleted scenes. I've gotten yeah. a lot of these different Blu-rays from Indiegogo. Enjoy yeah, collecting yeah, yeah. these sort of like yeah. if you're in, if if anyone's into like collecting media <laughs> that's unique, the way to go to Indiegogo and go get that new Fears Eve because I guarantee it will be different than we the one that eventually comes out, which is I'm into. So I was going to say this, this is coming out after uh, we're releasing this interview uh, after the 16th, which is when mm-hmm. Christmas Tapes debuts. Uh, our review came out on the 16th. This is part of the content that follows it. We've got New Fears Eve coming out as well. Any other projects that we can help you promote? Yeah, we'll any any, any place we can below. point fans towards? Obviously, everything that we've talked about will be linked in the description. Um, thank but- you. Thank you. I, I, right now, that's it. Like I, um, I try to stay sort of like... I don't know how I, I I learned my lesson. Like I, you know, my career went different directions mm-hmm. because I tend to want to spin too many plates. You know what I mean? Uh, versus landing the spaceship, mm. yeah. which that is a plate. <laughs> but uh, that's all. they're just plates. There's no UFOs. <laughs> but uh, so I would love to come back on when I launch the other movie, which Please is going do. to be. I finally figured out something make something and finally i went to school for filmmaking i've never actually completed a feature film of my own to be the director that's the one i'm, oh, I'm yeah, going to be do. launching probably in february so i'd Honestly. like to want to talk about that yeah we'll get caught up in february man thank you so much it's been an absolute privilege thank you so much and uh yeah we'll 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 call it here thank you thanks ben thanks rob any special officer duty reporting for Danny. You know, don't disturb me while I'm on the Every Movie Ever podcast, cleaning my room. Okay, yeah, spill my finger. <laughs>